Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I'm Tim, and the name of our podcast today is Massacre at 9th and Main, Mass Murderer Gilbert Twig. It's kind of an interesting story. It's a, um, a story of uh, really what became uh, America's, one of America's first mass killings, mass shootings. Uh, that's become so commonplace, but uh, was not so commonplace back in um, August of 1903 when uh, Gilbert Twig um, committed his dastardly deeds. We'll get to that, but before we do, let me introduce our panel. I'm joined by always the caffeine-free. Nicotine-free. And nicotine-free. Have you stopped smoking, though? Yeah. So how long have you been off to the devil sticks? I don't know, like two days. The very lovely and talented, pill-popping, penis-loving. I wish I was pill-popping. Are you penis-loving, at least? Yeah. Give me, it depends. Is it every other Friday? Right. Is it somebody's birthday? <laughs> is, it, is it Dave's payday? Right. <laughs> do, you need, do you need some shopping money? Right. God. The very lovely and talented, Brandy. How are you doing, Brandy? I'm all right, Timmy. How are you? Fine. I know you're not feeling good. I know this is a rough time for you going through. Really irritating. Going through nicotine and caffeine withdrawal at once, which I don't think is a good idea. I I do not believe that's safe. No. For you. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm not really worried about your safety. I'm (laughs) worried about my own. But we are supportive of you and your efforts. Yes, be supportive of me. Although if you need to do something, drink a Coke. Don't, Don't smoke. How about that? If you have to break that. But don't do either, but... And if you're going to smoke something, smoke some weed. Yeah. I don't have to, you know, I would have to find some. Well, maybe our listeners... No, I'm just kidding. No. Do not, do not send Brandy uh, any uh, kind of uh, substance like that. In any type of pharmaceuticals, because Brandy will ask for pharmaceuticals. Yes. From me. <laughs> yes. I'm also joined by the, the equally talented... I'd say more than equally, but go ahead. No, I wouldn't say that at all. Um, the very honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm I'm just doing wonderful today, Timmy. My uh, my boy called me and told me that he passed his probationary period and he has a job. He is officially employed. He's officially employed, and he is uh, almost making as much money as me. 
um, that. I well, he probably works out harder too. Well, he couldn't work less. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, I'm, I'm doing actually pretty good. My 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 cold's almost going away now. You you might hear me sniffling. I apologize during this show. My sinuses are just a mess. So I've been using my neti pot, uh, and I encourage all listeners to try a neti pot at least once. It's like being waterboarded with salt water. Um, yeah. But it works. It's effective. Yeah, so. I've never tried a neti pot, but I have. Um, I I get a sinus infection about every other week. So I have a, a peculiar thing that I am allergic to medicines for allergies. Really? So you're. I a- cannot take. Benadryl and oh. Claritin and things like that. What I, happens if you do? I turn about as red as a lobster, and I have difficulty breathing, and oh. it's uh, it's it's quite a freak show. Hmm. So if you take allergy medicine, your throat closes. I no, I, I did not have that that particular thing. What happened was my face turned really red. My heart started beating really really fast. They had to take me to the emergency room to give me a shot of adrenaline, apparently, really? to clear it up. So my doctor has told me to avoid... But you could die. He has told me to heal myself uh, basically through willpower. So but basically, you, you, you die just, if you have You just all. handed Brandy a uh, method to... <laughs> well, yeah, so I what never, you're saying is you well, could yeah, die I never really thought that through, I guess, but yeah. So uh, if you get some... Um, Benadryl, uh, latent uh, pop tarts. I can take Nyquil. Oh, it's the stuff that you make the meth with. What is that stuff? Yeah, you mean like yeah, uh, yeah, the stuff like in Sudafed and stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah. cannot have that in my system. Um, it, I'm sorry, my system revolts, and, and it's really you know to me. I got a, as you know, I'm I'm a very pure man. Yeah, I know. And any kind, any type of impurity that runs through me, my system just tries to project out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like uh, saying the Lord's Prayer in front of someone who's possessed. You just can't take that. Well, it's it's like casting the pearls before the swine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I don't talk about the church much in front of the devil. Right. So um, you could die if you ate if you took some vegetables. She keeps going back to that. She, yeah, uh, we we have moved along. Devil, we have moved I just along. want to make sure I'm hearing everything right. So you make sure that you do not get any of that. Claritin, no, that yeah, that's that's bad for me. Um, but yeah, we have uh, four more members of the church. Okay, so who, who are they? Um, well, the church is kind of like Alcoholics Anonymous. We do not. Give the names of members. I see. So basically, you're making that up. No, I could give names, but I I do not list names because it's confidentiality. Well, it's a pastor relationship you have with people. I I see. You got a a pastor um, confidentiality. Yeah, people confess their sins to me. Um, Um, Colonel, do we have any shout-outs today? We have a lot of shout-outs today. Today we decided to break them up a little bit. Okay, and we're going to go through them quickly so we can get to the story. Right? You're always wanting to go through something quickly. Timmy, do you, do you do this when you're having sex? I, like, let's get this over with so actually, we can I hammer. Do. <laughs> <laughs> actually, yes. Um, I, got a, I got a lot of shout-outs. Okay. But we decided today that we do them in a different way. Brandy is going to take the men. 
Okay. And I'm going to take the women. Brandy's going to do it in her sexy voice, too. Yeah, oh. she's going to do it. God. Remember when you was working on that poem call in line? Yeah, no, I don't. Do it in that one 1-800-BRANDY. 1-800-THE-DEVIL yeah. is, I believe, what it was. She-DEVIL. So um, let's, let's start. Let's start with Chanda. Chanda, mm-hmm. how you doing? Jessica Bishop, thank you for listening. Lydia, of course. Um, and Jahara Lopez. Very nice lady. And and correct me, because I'm pretty sure I got that wrong, but Jahira yeah. Lopez. Yeah, I like her name. Um, I did just, uh, I did a, a, a great injustice to a fair woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I called her Jennifer Williams when, in fact, her name is Jessica Williams. Mm-hmm. And Jessica is a, um, it interacts with us on the page, and I should have got that very right. Very nice lady. Very nice lady. Um, very very peculiar sense of humor, which we like. Mm-hmm. And um, like all the women who follow us, she's very attractive, like all the women. It's that's us. a that's just like yeah. a peculiar Did thing. You know, I've never had show. attractive women, you know, pay attention to me before. I I mean I it's not I actually have not even had unattractive women pay much women attention. Women don't to tend me. to pay much attention to yeah. us. Yeah. Um, but you know, we appreciate them talking to us or on, at least on our Facebook page. Yes. Um, Kirstie Ramsden, hello. Tara, I have not given a shout-out to Tara in quite some time. So how you doing, Tara? I hope it's cooling down out there. Um, Diane Trowbridge, never given Diane. She's active on the page. Um, We gave one to Tiffany last week, and I'm going to give her one this week. And, and, you know, we follow, you know, you you become friends with people on Facebook, so you see their posts and... um, Mm -hmm. Tiffany, I'll tell you, has a, a has an unbelievably talented boy. You, you know, I love sports, right? And she put up one of his uh, highlight films. He's going to be a senior this year in high school. He's a he's a tailback for his high school really? football team. Good. Just an uh, just unbelievably talented kid. Great. Um, so hopefully he does well. Um, he'll be probably playing for some college next year. Um, in waterfall, I don't think I've even gotten attention from unattractive. Um, Crossdressers, I get attention from on the ter- uh, from the crossdressers all the time. Okay. Yeah, because I walk down to the to the market uh, okay. all the time. Okay. So I got to walk past twenty of them. Um, M Waterfall, how you doing, little Emmy? We 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 love him. Yeah, she's over there so in uh, Robin Hood territory. Yeah, um, Laura, mm-hmm. Laura O'Reilly, um, no relation to Bill O'Reilly or Radar um, O'Reilly or Radar O'Reilly. Um, we got Kim Taylor, of course. Mm-hmm. Down um, in Beaver Dam, Kentucky. Down in Beaver Dam. I like Beaver Creek, though. I think, be- But Beavers build dams, so I guess that makes sense. But I, I wonder if they really got a lot of beavers down there. I, you know, I don't know. And I think they build, uh, I don't, they build a dam, but I don't know if they do really construct it like the Hoover Dam or anything. It's probably just made of twigs. Oh, my God. But you know what? Down in, down in that part of the country, how much electricity, I mean, how much electricity, how, probably half the houses ain't even wired for electricity. Okay. So you could probably build a, build a little beaver dam that would, you know, give enough electricity to that whole town. Um, where did I stop? Trish Hillard. Mm-hmm. Um, closet Cardinals fan. We're not happy about that. Um, and of we've got Bond, Jean Bond, Bond, of course, of course for her. Celine have not given you a shout out in a while, and we appreciate your your twisted sense of humor on the page. Um, 
of course, and we've got Jennifer and Shannon, Jennifer mm-hmm. Burdick, Shannon, Shannon, my trusted accountant, who is in Chicago at this very moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Spaghetti, Amber Croup, I'm still waiting for my peanut butter pie. I have not got that yet. And uh, Mary Ray, mm-hmm. how you doing? Liz Evans, good to have you contribute to the page. She's got, she got, I like her face, her profile picture when she's got the Freddy Krueger looking guy. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, and of course, Lady Beverly mm-hmm. and Sully. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, we love them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I even, do I have to say a name? Devil, give me a D. Give me a D, Devil. Oh my God, get the fuck on with it. Give me a D. Come on. Give me a D. Come on. Come I'm on. not doing I'll, I'll, I'll stay here all day. Come Hi, on. Hi, Dottie. Thanks for listening. Dottie, Dottie Scott. Thanks, Mom. Dottie Scott, you know you're our number. Well, I don't know if you're our number one fan or not, but we are your number one fan, Dottie. So. All right. Whoa. Thank we you. this show for you. And, and uh, before she gets on with hers, let me just say one thing. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other night, about being an acquired taste. We uh, I, I don't think we're ever gonna be. I don't think we're ever gonna be a huge podcast, Timmy. Because when you look at the, at I the, can almost guarantee that, Colonel. But when you look at the nature of the people who follow us, uh huh, they're a rarely twisted breed. We choose quality instead of quantity. Yeah, I mean, every person that that jumps in on our page or that we follow, we get to know a little bit. They're all very, very twisted people. Yes. And there's just very not nice that many twisted people in the world. Oh, Openly yes, twisted. There are. And yeah, but they're closet twisted. They try to be pretend they're normal. Yes. The people on our page and on our show, they give up even trying to pretend they're normal. They are our tribe. Yes, they, they are. are. And, and uh, we appreciate you greatly. Yes, and I would just add to that list, Nicola. Oh, no, well, I was getting to Nicola. She was my she was my legal counsel. Okay, and now, Brandy, you're going to give a shout-out to the men with your sexy voice. Jesus. Well, all I have is a sexy voice. Okay. Clearly. I will try and get through this because I can't read Chuck's writing very well. Okay. Tommy Boomershine. Yeah, Tommy's very active on our page, yeah. and we appreciate that, Tommy. Yes. Jeff Chestnut. Marvin. Jeff Girdley. John, is it Con, C-U-N-N? Oh, it was John, John Cunningham. Cunningham. John Cunningham. Oh, well, then you see, you should have wrote that. John Cunningham. Okay. Uh, let's see. Michael Goodwin. Alan Dobbs. John Holmes. <laughs> now that's just rude, devil. Oh, Not no. that John Holmes. Yeah, I, but we, I'm sure we he's well endowed. Yeah, we cleared that up. Oh, let's see. Time. Michael Moody. Larry Trujillo and Rudy. Rudy Baker. Oh, uh, Rudy Baker is oh, a listener. And you know. Jim Barron. Oh, yes, Jim. Jim Barron. Um, Casey appreciates all of your support. I saw him this weekend. He was talking about how much he appreciated that somebody finally was on his team. Yes. Well, I believe, you know what, I believe a lot of the women flipped over. They haven't openly done it, but I believe a lot of the women switched to Team Casey. Casey that, doesn't deserve to have a team. Casey uh, is a... Casey's uh, a fine man. Casey was blessed with uh, with charm, good looks, and a good sense of humor. 
So yeah, he's he's, good, he's much a like guy. a younger version of the Colonel. You should live you should live with him for twenty minutes and see how that goes. Okay, and I'd also like to especially thank our sponsors um, through Patreon, Alicia and Chip, uh, Bridget. And Cindy Lou, we certainly appreciate you supporting the show through Patreon. And if you would like to support the show through Patreon, just check out patreon.com backslash history dweebs, and you can do that. We certainly appreciate it. Backslash. So let's get on with the story. Um, this is uh, The name of the story is Massacre at 9th and Main, and the story takes place in a small town in Kansas in 1903. Um, picture it. Picture it. Think of uh, a Norman Rockwell painting. I was thinking more of John Mellencamp, the music of John yeah, Mellencamp. Kind of like was that Little Pink Houses? Well, Sicily, nineteen oh three. It was the, <laughs> it was nineteen oh three. It was in a small town in Kansas. Uh, it was in a park where they had a gazebo and a brass band playing. People sitting around drinking lemonade. And this uh, bunch of people wearing straw hats, I suppose. Uh, straw hats, yes. And uh, this Gilbert Tweed came along and um, shot a bunch of folks. So we're going to talk about that. And that. That was an odd thing back then. I know now it's like you know the fourth story in the news every day, but back then it was a pretty big deal. But let's talk about Gilbert Twig. First of all, he's got a fucked up name. And that, yeah, that it is kind of a in itself should it have uh, led him. You know to what? And I think it's sad that it's the fourth story in the news now. That it's I know not, that was so it's common. So commonplace. Yeah. But Gilbert, Gilbert Twig was born in um, a small section of Cumberland, Maryland, known as Flintstone. <laughs> I just had to pause there because I know you guys are going to meet laugh. the Flintstones. So hold up. He was the Twig was born in Flintstone in a small area of Cumberland, Maryland, known as Flintstone. Um, and he had a, there was a bunch of twigs. He was not the only twig. It was a, it was a veritable so tree his, of twigs. His whole family tree was twigs. Yes, yes, they were. There were so many twigs. They built a fire. That by ni- the ni- 1860s, the main family house and the surrounding area were co- was commonly known as Twig Town. And in fact, <laughs> did Twiggy live there? I don't know if she did or not. But in fact, the name lives on today as a post office in the area. So if you would go there today, the Twig Post Office in Twig Cumberland, Town. Maryland, you'll Twig find Town. Twig Town Post Office. So um, he was born in February of 1868. We're not sure of the exact date. They're, the details of his early life is a bit sketchy. Um, his parents, his mom, his dad, its name was Moses. Well, well, of course, yeah. Was his mother, I don't think he was that Moses. Was so. his mother Abraham? No, his mother, his was, mother was Abraham. <laughs> his mother was Catherine. Oh, okay. Uh, nice. So Moses and Catherine Twig. Now, his mother died uh, by, the, by the time he was two years old. Uh, and he started living with his older brother, Isaiah and John, and their grandparents. Now, his grandfather's name was Robert, and his grandmother's name was Eliza. This is not really important to the story. No. But you, when, you tell me to hurry things along. <laughs> but when Robert, his grandfather, died in 1874, all three grandsons got an inheritance. Gilbert's inheritance was $6.04. Oh, he was living large, because you could, back then... Oh, yeah. Today, that was, that's probably $11 today. No, wait, 1906, that's got to be $24, no, it was 18, $25. No, it was 1874. 1874. Oh, mm-hmm. shit, that's probably $20, $30 today. Well, anyway, they all lived in Twigtown. <laughs> 
and all the twigs and twigs. That's like all the who's at Whoville. <laughs> yeah, he was saying all the twigs were in Twigtown. Now his uncle Argel, Argel, Orangel, Orangel, not Orangel. He invented the Orangel. Argel. No, if he invented Orangel, I would. I think like, it's Argel. Is it Argel? Okay, so. Argel. His uncle Argel. Uh, who was almost 40 at the time, took his wife, his wife Barbara, again, not important to the story, and headed west. And they went out to Winfield, Winfield, Kansas. That's probably where about where did Charlie... Did Gilbert follow them? No, Charlie is in Missouri, doesn't she? Yeah, Gilbert did follow them a little bit later on in 1887. Now, it's not clear when he did first arrive in Kansas, um, but... Um, he did move out there to be with his, you know, live around his uncle. The first uh, record of him appearing out there is in 1889. He appeared in a, out there in, around Thanksgiving time. Is Probably, it, to, uh, you know, to, it was a twig Thanksgiving. His, followed by a twig Christmas. His uncle Argyle and his Aunt Babs? <laughs> yes. So he made the social rounds, and he was considered to be a bright, uh, with a good background and good character. He was pleasant to look at. So I guess that means he was handsome. He had broad shoulders, and he was five foot nine. Was he thin? I don't know. I said broad probably. shoulders and five foot nine. I don't he know. was probably very thin. Now he met a woman. Here comes the funny part. With yeah. eyes that petrified his brain and sunk into his heart. Wait, what did he do? He met a young he woman. Was there. No, what did he do for a living when he was out there? I don't know. We'll get to that. But he met a young woman. Can I just stop and ask a quick question? Yes. Have you given us any information that's pertinent? To yes, I'm giving you this guy's whole background. Twigtown. Twigtown. Okay, we got Twigtown. Okay, now he's out in... She's like Ice Town. Now he's out in Winfield, uh, Kansas, right? Okay, well, I'm trying okay. to stay with you, but you're losing And Winfield, Can- uh, Kansas is a small town. It's, in, it's, it's in central, south-central Kansas. Today, the population is only 12,000, so I don't know what it was back in there. The town is only 12 square miles. I mean, it's 12 square miles, the whole town. That's that's a 1,000 person per square mile. Yeah, that's a lot of people, I guess. That's a ghetto. (laughs) Anyway. God. um, While he was out there, he met a young woman. Now, this young woman would play a role in our story. Her name was Jessie Hamilton. She was born and bred. What does really bred mean? Bread is when Braised. you, uh, bread <clears throat> is, see, some people like, okay, like myself, mm-hmm. you, you take a refined gentleman like myself. Yes. Yeah. Um, born and bred on the west side. Yeah. And, and it's called proper breeding. I see. Well, she oh, was born. Um, now, the, the devil over here, mm-hmm. she was born. Okay. She was not bred. I was bred. I see. She was born. Like a show dog, you were bred. Like, much like a show dog. Yeah, much well, like a pedigree. Kind of like that. But see, here's the problem. Where you come from is very incestuous over there. <laughs> so I don't know that you're a purebred. Well, <laughs> I think he's kind that, of a mixed I don't know that I, I could be. he's a muggle. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I'm a mudblood. You're a mudblood. <laughs> I like it. I okay. don't know that I could be any purer coming from her because they are all related, but we so, moved in late. So anyway, Gilbert meets young Jess, Jesse Hamilton, who was born and bred in Winfield, Kansas. Yes. And he courted her. her. They courted. Um, <laughs> and in 1894, the relationship was such that um, young... Gilbert proposed marriage. He went to Jared. He did go to Jared, and he asked 
uh, Jesse for her hand in marriage, and she agreed. So, um, you know, it's we got a happy little story here. Have you ever been courted, Devil? Yeah. Have you been times. courted? Yeah. Okay. Just I've, have you ever had a suitor? Yeah. I've had several suitors. Okay, well, he was a suitor. He was Jesse's suitor. I never dated anybody named Twig. Okay, quick, <laughs> just, and one more question, and I know we return to this because you never answered a question directly, but like, much like Nixon, we're going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> I answered um, directly all the time. Um, when you was in college playing softball and you had the lesbian thing going on, who was the suitor? I mean, how did you define who the suitor was and who was doing the courting? Don't you? Did you ever wonder about that? I, all the time. Who's the I suitor? I lay awake at night. No wonder. Here's what you got to ask yourself: <laughs> Is this something that you really want to ask me at this particular okay, time? Okay, you know what? Let's skip over that question. Let's ask right this now. question: if, or, you're, if you're slow dancing, who leads? <laughs> yeah, yeah. At I've this particular time, that. ask yourself: Is it worth it? <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Timmy, tell us some more about Mr. Twig. <laughs> let me let me let me proceed. Okay, so uh, they're engaged, right? He and uh, Gilbert and uh, Jesse uh, were engaged, and Jesse was uh, at that point committed to becoming Mrs. Twig. Well, that's something to aspire. at last. That's something to aspire to. At last, Jesse's girl. Jesse's girl. It didn't go well, and for unclear reasons. Mrs. Uh, Jesse or Miss Jesse Hamilton broke off the engagement. She didn't want to be a twig. <laughs> I guess she did not want to be a twig. Now, Gilbert did not take this well at all. Uh, he was working at Baden Mills. Um, get back to your point. Was he a miller? He he was a miller, and he was working. Or was at, he a Miller Lite? But he well probably because he he didn't work that hard. But he. He decided at that point when she broke off the uh, engagement, he wanted to get the hell out of Dodge. Well, I guess it's not Dodge. It's, he, should, he should go back to Twigtown. It's Winfield. He wanted to get out of Winfield. To go back to Twigtown. He did not go back to Twigtown. <laughs> he did not go back. Instead, he joined the United States Army to be all that he could be. Oh, good. He wanted to be a, a better twig. Well, uh, they do more before 9 a.m. <laughs> they do. So he joined the 8th Cavalry, and he was shipped out, uh, and he was uh, he went to Camp Force in Huntsville, Alabama. Within a year, he became a first-class marks- marksman, uh, and he earned a promotion to corporal. I don't Ooh, think wait. that's really catapulting, is it? It's a, a I mean, it's a rocket. It's a <laughs> he rocket was, he to was the on the fast track. He was, yeah, he was on a track. career ladder there. He had a career path. So. I was a, uh, you know, I was in the Boy Scouts, and I swear there was people there had been in there like a year and a half and hadn't got to Tenderfoot yet. Oh, really? Because I think you had to make like so many different knots. Yeah. And they just couldn't Did you it. make it to be a Weeblow? I, 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 I Were got, you a Weeblow? I, no, I got to be a... Um, a, uh, I got to be a uh, what's what's what they just say the word corporal no a f- uh, tenderfoot tenderfoot I got to be a tenderfoot but then uh, I quit because it was like a paramilitary organization and I it's so, a cult so I started protesting did you it was you know silently it was the early seventies yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. silent protest <laughs> so anyway uh, Twig joins he, he you know joins the army he's promoted he's sent. Um, he wanted to go to Cuba. This is during the you know Spanish American War. He wanted to go down there and see action, but he was never uh, never sent to, uh, to Cuba. Cuba. And he didn't get down there with Teddy Roosevelt, so he was disappointed and all that. Uh, but he was assigned to be one of the early telephone operators in the army. So isn't that interesting? 
Um, he got discharged. He moved to New York. Uh, he and his record in the army. He had an excellent record of service. But then um, we sent troops to the Philippines um, because you know in this in the Spanish American War, uh, once it was over, the United States acquired the Philippines, and then the uh, in, there were some insurgents over there with the Filipinos trying to get the, their um, you know the independence. So we sent troops over there, and um, Twig re-upped so he could see some action because he really wanted to get in. You he know, just wanted he, to shoot some he, shit. He did. He did. He was still bitter over this. Uh, breakup. Yeah, he's still bitter over this breakup. Um, but he went over to the Philippines. You know, it was hot. It was a lot. Of, you know, it's very hot there. It was uh, terrible conditions. Uh, he saw fellow soldiers die along his side. So it was, you know, typical war. And he suffered what today probably would be post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Uh, but, it, you know, at that point, it was not even diagnosed. You know, in the First World War, they had shell, you know, they discovered, they coined a term, term shell, shell shock. shock. Shell yeah. shock. But then they didn't even have that term. So uh, he had several confrontations with officers and fellow soldiers while he was in the Army the second time. But they, it was never put on his record because they didn't want to blemish his record. No. Now, three years after he enlisted, re-enlisted, I should say, into the Army, he was released in uh, 1902. He had uh, catapulted again to the rank of sergeant uh, oh, when he was fighting. Holy shit. Well, yeah, he was on the catapulted. <clears throat> catapulted. He, he, discharged, he was discharged in California. And he had a citation for excellent service. So, you know, he, he, you know, he did thank you for your service. He um, decided then that uh, he thought about uh, going to back to Winfield, but instead he found work at the Royal Milling Company. Again, he went back to milling. Milling about. Milling about. <laughs> he went to, what a lazy shit. <laughs> he worked, uh, he went, moved to um, Great Falls, Montana, where he worked at the Royal Milling Company for $3 a day. Oh, yeah, he was. Today, that'd be like. Nineteen dollars yeah. a day. Yeah, the work kept him busy, but he missed Winfield, and more importantly, he missed young Jesse. I think we established Jesse was over it. Yeah, I think Jesse, by now what's it been like six years? I think Jesse. I think Jesse turned a page, but I think Dude, he's still, I think he needs to turn the page. Yeah, but she he's still holding. You know, he's still holding a flame for her. So he decided to move back to Winfield, Kansas. Uh, when he moved back to, you know, he was kind of hoping the, to, you know, reunite with uh, Jesse and, um, you know, win back her love. But when he arrived in Winfield, he found out that Jesse had married, uh, already married someone else and was r- raising a family up the road in Wichita. I would bet you Jesse was banging that guy before she, when she was engaged. I, it's been like 10 years. But the kid was, was like, like 11 years old. No, he was signed up for three. Yeah. When they broke up and then he re-upped for three. Yeah. And so then I think it was six. a year in between. So, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, can we just agree she was a whore? No. No, we can't agree to that. <laughs> she was not a whore. She moved on with her life. She got married. She turned the page. She turned the page. <laughs> this son of bitch cannot. <laughs> Women's kind of hanging on. Women's kind of fickle, you know. You, you know what they call that now is obsessive, stalkerish yeah. kind of. Yeah, Crazy he, shit. See, I like to call persistence. Yeah, I know you do. Now, when he found out that she was married, he was an inconsolable. He, he became a different man after that in the summer of 1903 when he moved back to the small Kansas town of Winfield. He spent his days holed up in his boarding house room 
and loitering in the town park. His icy eyes fitted to and fro. I don't know what that even means. <laughs> as he whispered conspiratorially oh, f- to old friends that certain individuals had rigged the world against him. He sounds like Donald Trump there. Well, you know, doesn't mean doesn't mean they're not after him. Just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean there's not yeah. someone out to get you. Exactly. So what happens next, Brandy? Well, I will tell you, Tim. Thank you. Uh, sure. On August 1st, 1903, Twig visited a hardware store. He bought himself a shotgun, a 32 pistol, and more than 100 rounds of ammo. There was, I like this, there was that, nothing unusual about the gun purchase. Yeah, wouldn't that raise some flags? Evidently, well, not if you're hunting your food and shit. I guess. Uh, the Daily Courier would report after the fact, but when Twig started choosing started choosing his ammunition, it aroused the curiosity of the store's owner, W.D. Winfield, standing close by to watch the sale. <clears throat> uh, what you going to do with that kind of shell? Winfield asked. I, I picture Wilford Brimley. W.D. Winfield makes you think of Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley. Brimley. Yeah, yeah. And does. Twig said he hadn't decided yet. Before Twig left the store, he bought one additional item, a thirty-two Harrington and Richards pistol. A cheap gun, comparatively, and it didn't cost any more than $5. So over the next week or so, while he's holed up with his eyes flitting to and fro, he's refining his plan. Now, if they would have done a background check on him, he would have passed. Oh, sure. Sure. With flying colors. His exceptional service in the military. His his rocket trajectory career. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that any time a person comes into a gun store with flitty eyes. You can't trust flitty eyes. What kind of eyes? Flitty. Flitty. You can't trust flitty eyes. No, you can't. I have a hard time trusting flitty scent. I like (laughs) flitty. Flitty scent loves a lot of weight. He's in a movie where he's playing. You know a, what? Fitty said, pissed me off when you made fun of that kid at the airport. So. Yeah, that wasn't cool. Fitty well, said, but he's, he's in a movie now where he's playing this uh, uh, character with cancer and he lost like 60 pounds. Oh. So there's a kid There's a kid at the airport who's autistic and he was working. He was just doing his job. And he Fitty said, comes up there with his, with his camera rolling, like harassing this kid, talking about how he's on drugs and... Uh. Carrying on. I Did mean, he know he was autistic? No. Oh, okay. That's not cool. No, but still. So he's talking about how he was on drugs, how he was, you know, whatever, and then posted it to his Facebook page yeah, or whatever. That's not cool. Instagram or whatever it is. I mean, even if the, even really, if the dude was on drugs, if you're a celebrity, you got you don't have you to find be, something else. To yeah, do, so you I should, pick. Exactly. And this guy's a kid. I mean, dude, we was, got a guy running for president who did that. Well, it's apparently okay to do that in this country now. I know. No, it's not ever okay. It's okay for me to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's okay for me to make fun of people. So, back to Twigtastic here. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert. Uh, He bought more shotgun shells. He stored them in a trunk in his room. Uh, He continued to just wander around the city parks, muttering aloud about the young lady who jilted him all those years ago. Following from place to place, even all the way to the Philippines. What the hell did that just say? He uh, the the her the thought of her he couldn't oh, he couldn't he forget could, her he couldn't forget her and yeah. uh, whatever he took out wads of cash from the local banks designating two three hundred dollars draft three hundred dollar drafts each payable to his brothers then living in Pennsylvania twelve days later he pulled his armaments in a tin wagon and waited in the alley until townspeople 
had gathered for the weekly concert at the town square. Now, Timmy, can can I just interrupt for one second? <clears throat> Would you? Uh, the only thing I can figure mm-hmm. is that the woman had exceptional oral skills. Oh my god. I mean, well, what would make or you... Or could it be that he's just crazy? Oh, no, I he mean... He probably uh, got under that petticoat. Yeah, yeah. or she might have just done freaky things. Who oh, knows? I mean... God. No, I mean, every once in a while you run into a woman and you think, you no. know, not many women can do these kind of things. No, I would like to remind no. you she has not had caffeine or tobacco. Why? See, no. Now, we're all walking on eggshells because of the devil. Yes. Let's I will continue. stab you in the face with my pen. Yeah. Well, that'd be like the third yeah. time. Well, then you think you'd learn. <laughs> <No. laughs> All right. So, Twig went over to his uncle Argel's house, whatever, in his aunt Bab's house. He didn't stay long. He didn't say anything about his plans. Still, Argel, Argel, whatever, noticed the shotgun in the buckskin suit. What? Yeah, and thought his nephew might have gone hunting. He's wearing a buckskin suit. He's he styling. Is he walking around with a deer head <laughs> for a hood? Well, the thing is, too, this is August, I think. In July, uh, yeah, this is in August. I'm so. like, I don't understand. We had a buckskin suit. You think it's hot out there? Is on it chaps? The, Are they chaps on the prairie? Yeah. I've, I've wore chaps before. Have you wore the uh, chaps, chapless, uh, have you wore chapless, uh, like, without any other pants? I got the crotchless chaps. Yeah. Though. All chaps are cross, uh, crotchless, you dick. Huh? All chaps are crotchless. No. I you do that, that for Renee? You wear that on special occasions? Well, and and I don't like to kiss and tell, Timmy. You know that. Yeah. Um, but Mrs. Colonel, she liked, um, she liked the Batman outfit. Oh my God! Okay, so, so every once in a while, so he's got a buck. No, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's 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 every see Every once in a while, I don't. I will be it. outside. I don't want to be on this train. Oh, I will see in my in my house. She's got this little thing. She puts on the lamp, and I'll be watching Sports Center or whatnot. And she puts this little piece of paper, or a piece of hard cardboard or whatever, over the top of the lamp. And the bat signal shows up on the on the no, ceiling. It's not a bat. Mm-hmm. It actually just says, "Get so the fuck out of here." I have to uh, run to the closet, mm-hmm. uh, slide, get my outfit on, because Mrs. Colonel, what does she want, Timmy? She wants the uh, crossless the, chaps, the bat pole, the crossless <laughs> chaps. What about? She's wanting she, the did, bat pole. Do you ever? Does she ever dress you up in like loincloth? Every once in a while, but you know what I don't like about that? What? Is the swinging from the ceiling part? Yeah, yeah. Because Did she ever buy you like the like the uh, underwear that's got the, like the elephant trunk on it? <laughs> no, I don't have that. I don't have that. She, she's Banana. a tasteful woman, too. Uh, yeah, what is okay, she's she's cla- you know what? Renee is actually halfway classy, <laughs> and you just run her through the shitter she is all actually the time. Very, very sweet. She's awesome, and you're just such a rat bastard. <laughs> well, she don't listen to the show, so I can well, say I'm whatever sure I want. I'm going to make sure she listens to something. All right. So later, uh, his uncle wondered if he should have said something about Gilbert's instability, but he didn't think he, he didn't think his his nephew posed a danger, and so he didn't want to tell him. Yeah, well, you know, he didn't want to say anything. See something, say something. That's what I say. Well, right. According to various newspaper reports, somewhere between a thousand and five thousand people. Packed the intersection between 9th and Main that Thursday night, August 13th. An impressive figure, 
as Winfield's population barely topped 5,500 at the time. So everybody in town was there. Yeah. Because Winfield, believe it or not, was not a happening place. Well, it was because they had a band that was going to play. Well, they do, but they're, that's it. Like, oh, yeah. So now you're at the place. Right. But other than that, you, there's not a lot going on. Right, right. It was a, yeah. It's Does not it, like they, could, they were hitting the titty bar in the outside right, of town or right. anything like that. Does but, anybody like parades? I love a parade. Yeah. The beat of the drum? Yeah, yeah. All those things. I don't remember the words, but yeah. I, I do not like parades. I like the parades where they throw candy. I like the parades where they throw candy and the kids run out and almost it's like and then almost die. It's like the Hunger Games where they're going out to try to yeah. Well, they jump in front of the, the other horses and things. Yeah, yeah for yeah. a piece of bubble gum. Yeah. But you know what? That's you got to be ready if you're going to go out there. You go balls out or go home. Well, yeah. If you can't handle it, no. If you're three and you can't get there <laughs> yeah. and back in some kind of time, that's but, and, yeah. And, but oh, I, I love just, it when like a, an adult will grab the candy in front oh, of the kid. Oh, I know, fuckers. All right, so blah, 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 blah. Okay, so the band is getting ready. So the band's getting ready. It's going to be a big night. There's going to be a hot time time in the old town tonight. Yes. So the band was led by W.H. Kamen. Very talented, by the way. A very talented musician, I might add. Okay, well, the band had good reason to expect a large crowd. They had been entertaining similar crowds the prior year with brass renditions of pieces like the Calvary Charge mm. and the Comic Tattoo, two personal favorites of mine. One of my favorites is um, in the good old summertime. Uh, coming, and they were just coming off a successful trip to Washington D.C. Okay, so they're out touring. I don't know what the Comic Tattoo is, but you should sure. write that down. Okay, they're out. They're out touring. It's a summer they're tour. Just doing their, yeah, they're doing the summer yeah. tour. Yeah, uh, the summer park tour. So yeah. on the evening of August thirteenth. Cayman and his band started without reason to, ex- to suspect any impending catastrophe. When the band called for intermission, the crowd was milling about. I mill about sometimes. I well, yeah, I know. I mill about quite often. I don't know what noise. Especially nine to five, you mill about quite yeah. often. Yeah. I don't know what noising about is. Oh well, they were they were chatting. That is perhaps. a word there. Probably uh, small inappropriate. Group, well, a group of boys saw the man with the gun creep up uh, a nearby alley. Mm-hmm. He was wearing dark pants and a khaki buckskin coat. Nothing says incognito like a buckskin coat <laughs> right. in summer. <laughs> in August, uh, mid-August yeah. in Kansas. Despite the stealthy way he slithered up the alley, he moved with the confidence of one at ease with his plan. Well, remember, he was a marksman in, in yes. the Army, and he so, had served in the Philippines. So. Yes. The boys did not sense that confidence at first, nor did they see the gun right away or the look in his blue eyes. Flitty, I bet. I bet it was Flitty. They used to call him Crazy Gilbert on, in, in town. Well, I don't did. know if I have that in there, but... You did. Yeah, they did. Uh, so anyway... Um, so he was kind of an oddball at one time. Well, sure. Um, let's see. Inside an alley right near Milligan's, the boys finally saw the man's gun. One or two of them actually might have known who he was. They might have heard their elders call him Crazy Twig. Crazy Twig. Yeah. yeah. Like Crazy Train, but different. I mean, every, every little neighborhood has someone that's a little Oh, we had Pecos, yeah. And, and we've got Charles. Yeah, we do. <laughs> no, we had, uh, we, had, we had a kid up. Uh, uh, Forsey. 
Forsey. His name was Forrest, but his brothers were all slow-witted. They could not say Forrest. So they called him Forsey, and you could get Forsey. Forsey was one of those kids always in trouble in school, always in a fight. Could you see Forrest for the trees? <laughs> yeah. He was only about four no. foot tall. So uh-huh. no. You could no, get the good. boy to do anything, uh-huh. anything you could get him to do. So, yeah, he was. we had a lot of so fun had, with Forsey. Okay. So you had a, a, a little stranger, a strange dude in your neighborhood, too. Yeah, and I believe Forsey is actually, Forsey, he, I'm sure he's out now, but when he was about 16 sure years old. Sure, he's out now. <laughs> it um, doesn't sound good. Forsey used to go up to the, uh, to the uh, car, the auto dealer uh-huh. that we had in our, our little town, and he would take a set of keys out of the car during the day, and he'd come back and drive to, he was only about 14 years old. That's kind of small. He'd do this forever yeah. until finally he wrecked one. Um, and he would wreck them quite often, but he'd run away. But this particular wreck he could not get out of because he was injured. And uh, So he said, did some time in a big house. He did some time in a big house for that. And uh, they sent the 14 year old up the river. No, he was about, eight, he was about 17 at that time, but they did, they did send him up the river as an adult. Um, so, so anyway, so these boys... You got the anal pack. <laughs> okay. You got quite the packing. So these boys are kind of half-assed following this guy, trying to figure out what he's doing. Gilbert. He, yes, Gr- Gilbert. Gilbert Grape. Gilbert Grape. So they're, they're following him. They're trying to figure out what he's doing. And evidently, he got the drop on him and was right, you know, was, came up to them before they saw him, before they noticed him. And he looked at, he stared down at the one little boy and he said, I'm going to do some tall shooting, son. And you'd better run, I have, as I have no desire to hurt you. Oh, no. Well, someone tell you they're going to do some tall shooting, it's time to move on. Well, and this <laughs> is where I think that, you know, you know, but the boys, yeah, they didn't run. They just kind of stood there. Uh, you don't have to tell me twice you're going to do some tall shooting. That's what I'm shooting. saying. Uh, but then the man raised his firearm. He, he uh, chose the 12-gauge double-barrel shotgun and said, I wonder if I can hit Cayman. Cayman being the, the band, band leader. Band leader right. uh, hearing the band leader's name, the boys snapped out of their trance. Uh, as the man dropped to his left knee and pointed his shotgun and cried, I'll kill every one of you, they ran as fast as they could. They ran as shots rang out in confusion propagated amongst the large crowd. Propagate? Timmy, you're using those big words. Your vocabulary is becoming more impressive. You like those multi-syllable words. It's it's more and more prolific. Yes. Well, let me tell you. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why? Because, you know, my parents, and uh, I love my mom, and, and uh, Word of the day, I, I love paper. my dad, but they, they're very conservative when it comes to syllables. They only gave me oh, two. Oh, yeah. You know? They did. I'm glad they gave me a lot. I mean, I'm glad I have two, because, I mean, Cher, she only has one. Right. But, you know, Tim Scott, that's it. Very conservative. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, Twig fired at Cayman. Uh, Which isn't a fair battle. If you only have a baton... If you have a baton, the other guy's got a rifle. Well, so, they, for whatever reason... Don't, don't take a baton to a gunfight. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I don't know why. So, Cayman is the, the object of his, you know, apparent ire. Uh, so, he shoots at Cayman, uh, and the shot hit a horse. <laughs> now, that's, now, that's crossing a goddamn it looked, line It sounds right like there. it grazed over its back, and the animal reared its hind legs and roared away. Uh, then he fired again straight at the bandstand. That shot hit Ree Oliver, the military band's drummer, going through his shoulder and abdomen. Well, now you have no beat at all. No, no, you won't. The beat does not go on. No. <laughs> but as my son tells me all the time, who's in the band, drummers are a dime a dozen. Okay. Well, probably not now. But anyway, I'm shot, boys, Oliver cried and fell over. But Cayman did not hear him and shouted the rest of the band to sit down. <laughs> Sit your ass down. And continued to pass out sheet music for the night <laughs> set. <laughs> well, you know, you got to turn the page. The Move show on. must go on. The show must go on. We got a whole nother set to do. So, but, but the thing is, the bullets keep coming. <laughs> One of them passed through Clyde Wagner's bass horn and shattered the <laughs> instrument. Well, now you're in percussions. Now you've got yeah, problems. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, There's repercussions from shooting percussion. They really are. His injuries were serious, but they weren't fatal. <laughs> uh, what the fuck? It didn't go straight down the thing into his mouth or something? No, but the horn's destruction alerted Cayman <laughs> that something was happening. Was a miss. Yeah. Something was a miss. <laughs> Something's off. The horn section seems a little flat. <laughs> so, yeah. So every time Twig fired, he had to take a step back to compensate for the shotgun's recoil. He dropped to one knee each time and fired again. See, that's why I don't like these things. Okay. I'm sorry. I know it's there's no. I don't know, but what I don't like is it's just the randomness of it. I don't I know, get it. I know. Amy. So six shots hit William Bowman. He was a farmer from Oxford, a city like ten miles away, who was just hanging out there in front of the Winfield National Bank. Uh, Bog, as his friends called him, fell near the steps. Um. 
I don't know what that word is. I can't even okay. like make up what that what I think that okay. word might be. Oh. Fusillade. The fusillade. Okay. It's kind of it's it's like a uh, like a deck, something like that. Of gunfire. Oh, a fusillade of gunfire. A hail of gunfire. Okay. I don't know why we can't. Okay, let's not, okay. Remember, you can put the big words in my section, Timmy. <laughs> Try to keep the big words out of her. Well, they section. need to be phonetic. I didn't First, mine's <laughs> just fine with the big words. Okay. All right. So, a hail of gunfire. A hail of gunfire, um, forcing him up and then down to the ground. Blood and brains pooling around what remained of his head, and he died instantly. Oof. Nearby Everett Widgeway took three shots to his back. Twenty-two-year-old Port Smith was shot in the head, the bullet lodging in his brain. He died after being transported to the Holcomb and Boyle Hospital. Uh, Dawson Bilt- Biltier, a 23-year-old ba- barber, stood near the front corner of Craig's bookstore when he was hit. Shots passed through his neck and bowels. He lived about a half hour, spending his last half-conscious minutes mumbling to those who had rushed to him that he lived on East 10th Street. You take one in the throat and bow. See, that's that's particularly nasty because if you recover from one, let's say the, the you, you recover from the throat one, now you you, you got you, a bag. You're shitting into a bag. Yeah, but if you sure recover if they, from the bow one even had and not the throat one, mm-hmm. you're on a liquid diet. I mean, yeah. that's a particularly. This was a vile man. Well, but apparently he wanted to be taken home because he was right. giving him a home address. Right. <laughs> and you know, and it's a small town. It's in the middle of the prairie. So you know the hospital there is probably not equipped to handle mass not casualties. Not no. Uh, let's see. Arthur Hansford was visiting from West Virginia. He took a shot to the hand. Uh, Bill here died on the street. Link Smith uh, sat in the southwest corner of 9th and Manning. He'd heard Twig's first shot and began to run towards the middle of night where he found his aunt, Sally Milligan. She'd seen the muzzle flash, but curiously felt no fear of the shooter. J.P. Milligan, Sally's husband and Smith's uncle, moved to the doorway of his shoe shop. Uh, without realizing, he stood directly in front of Gilbert Twig. Smith saw his uncle from across the street and ran towards him, momentarily forgetting Twig was still shooting. Twig, seeing Smith, fired a fast, deliberate shot. A few buckshot pellets passed through Smith's coat sleeve. Once once he reached his uncle, Link asked for a gun to take the shooter down. Milligan refused. There you go. Don't do it. Link ignored his uncle and ran upstairs where he hoped a gun might be stashed in in the room of one of the boarders. Yeah, here's a story that we... You know, you always hear about, uh, well, if people were armed, they could fight back. Here's yeah. a story where they actually did. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Link didn't find a, a gun or anything upstairs. Twig reloaded his shotgun, and at that moment, four men rushed down the stairs of the Odd Fellows Hall, situated just above Craig's bookstore. Its exit next to the shoe shop was right in Twig's line of shite. 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 <laughs> shite. Sight. I'm imagining there was a lot of lines of shite in that parade. <laughs> right. Yeah. I bet everyone was shiting then. All right. So one volley of gunfire took out three of the men. Sterling Race, Elmer Farnsworth, and J.B. Story. Race died only after a few minutes. After a few minutes. Farnsworth, who owned Winfield's cigar store, lived... Till about 8.30 the following evening. Story took a bullet to his elbow and side, but the wounds were not fatal. 
the, billet, the bullets entirely missed the fourth man, James Galloway. At this point, Twig fired the gun's second barrel. Uh, he first hits Otis Carter, a janitor with the, old, with the odd fellows who had just emerged from the stairwell. Carter took two shots, with one to the temple, proving to be the fatal one ne- the next morning. 16-year-old Roy Davis was also in the line of fire. Eight buckshot pellets pierced his neck and bowels. Earlier that day, Davis had run into Twig as he wandered and mumbled around Island Park carrying his shotgun. Then Twig had pushed the boy away, threatening to shoot him if he didn't follow orders. After the second encounter, Twig and his shotgun, with Twig and his shotgun, Davis bled out on the street and died within minutes. Twig stepped back, reloaded, and fired some more. The next shot hit three women, Miss Jonathan Brooks, Elizabeth Ballard, and Florence Gregg. Now that's just cowardly. Both Ballard and Gregg were wounded in the neck. Uh, Gregg also suffered some hand and leg injuries. The shooter swung around to the south end of the bandstand. Will Moore was severely wounded from a shot to the left thigh, while Big Bill Coachman ended up with a pellet in his shoulder. Jim Clarkson was also hit, a pellet entering his right arm and another shot passing through his side and into his bowels. Mm. Subsequently, there's a lot of bowel shooting here. Subsequent shots hit William Wilkins and Charles Thomas in their knees, Clyde Reed in his hip and kidneys, and Sam Compton in his leg. Still more, su- more men suffered serious injuries. Elmer Urey took one to the wrist. H.E. Williams broke his wrist. Jake Simpson got hit in the chest. Al Shoup got hit in the leg. Artie Carter in the foot. And John Armstrong in the leg. As bodies crumpled and revelers bolted in panic, Twig calmly paused three times to reload. Several men rushed him, but he dropped them with buckshot. A big pellet found a big one. The big pellets found the flesh of some 40 people, from wealthy merchants to town paupers, a farmer, a plasterer, a barber, and a schoolboy. And a candlestick maker. Right. After five minutes of instigating terror, Crazy Twig set down the 12-gauge and grabbed his six-shooter from the wagon. By the time it was over, the whole thing took perhaps 20 minutes. Jesus Christ. Six were killed, including the shooter. Three more died over the next few days. Twenty-five suffered injuries of varying seriousness. Did he have a double... Did it say if he had a double-barrel shotgun? He had a double-barrel shotgun. Because those you got to reload every two shots. He was well-armed. Yeah, but a double-barrel shotgun, you you give off two shots, it takes you a good 10, 15 seconds easy to reload. I mean, he's just in in the middle of town square just... Yeah, no. I mean, if he would, if he was really thinking this through, he would have gone with a with a pump. Well, I don't think he was. You know, probably not thinking it through. And more than a six shooter, but but there was some controversy on what happened to Mister Twig. Who killed Gilbert Twig? Well, what happened to Gilbert? Who killed Gilbert? That's that's the question of the day here. Because a lot of people think he killed himself. Some people believe he killed himself because when the shooting was over, he was dead with a gunshot wound to his head. Mm-hmm. And the question remained, who killed him? Was it suicide or was he killed by the town's night watchman, George Nichols? Did they not have police in this town? They did, but, you know, they were, I don't know. They probably, I don't know. They wasn't, uh, apparently they weren't available. Now, here's where it gets a little bit tricky, too. Now, now what about, wait a minute, let's talk about this night watchman. What's his name? George Nichols. Okay. Now. All right, tell me about him. Well, here's the here's the most important thing about George Nichols. Mm-hmm. 
is that he was black. African-American in uh, uh, Kansas in 1903. And in that time, in 1903, black men did not kill white men, even if the white man was a raging lunatic shooting at other people. Now, the local coroner, Walter Cooper, had an inquest uh, on Friday, and Sheriff Marcus Day, Argo Twig, and other people testified to what they saw the night before. Night watchman George Nichols told the inquest that he heard Gilbert Twig's final shot and found him dying in an alley of a self-inflicted wound. Yeah, he wouldn't even take credit for it. No. When the testimony concluded, the jury ruled that Twig's death was a result of suicide from a 32 shot to the head. And for more than a century, the people of Winfield grew up believing Nichols played a more active role in Twig's death. Um, and, And again, this all comes from the fact that Nichols could not make himself out to be a hero because it was just too dangerous for a black man to kill a white man, even if they had justification. Yeah, even if the white man is shooting up the whole town. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, you're you're not the good guy with a gun, you're just a black guy with right. a gun. Right. And it would have, you know, they would they would who knows what would have happened. Mm-hmm. So Robert P. Davis, uh, who, he studied the massacre extensively, and he speculated further, and he said, other than the coroner's inquest, no other investigation of the episode seems to have been conducted. Davis wrote this in 2001. Twig was found with a wound, air caps around that, mm-hmm. or air quotes. Was it a 32 caliber close-range wound surrounded by powder bones, or was it a 44, which Nichols was carrying, fired from a distance? Nichols was carrying both his Winchester rifle and a 44 caliber revolver. Maybe the wound came from some other, from uh, some different size weapon fired from an di- uh, alternate distance. No note of this has ever come to light. Nichols denied the rumor almost as soon as it began. Um, its origin was a wire report only a few hours after the massacre, stating Nichols confronted Twig and fired a bullet into his head. But before life was ex- was extinct, the demented man drew a revolver from his pocket and fired a shot into his own head. So, in, and according to that report... That's the official be, report. The official report showed two gunshot wounds to the mm-hmm. head. Um, now, hindsight and great understanding of uh, the rush of inaccurate, conflicting statements, and you know when, when these things happen, there's always, yeah. you know, confl- yeah, confusion. The, the, the early reports are often wrong. Yeah. Um, so, anyway... It's similar to what happens, you know, today. Mm-hmm. So, one other point, buttresses, buttresses, mm-hmm. to me, you got me with a big word there. Sorry. See? Buttresses the Just truth of Nichols. Well, I'm not expecting this from him. Um, of Nichols' vociferous denials and silences. Jesus Christ, in Italy. The room among us. His shooting, 17 years after Twig's massacre, of the man who killed a fellow... Okay, one other point buttresses the truth of Nichols' vociferous denials and silences the rumor mongers. His shooting, mm-hmm. 17 years after Twig's massacre, of the men who killed a fellow police officer and the general positive media coverage and attention toward Nichols for this justifiable homicide. So, he, so 17 he, years later, he killed somebody else who killed a police. Yeah, he, he was a hero twice. Yeah, he was a, he, this is a bad son of bitches, George Nichols. Yeah. 
So when and uh, it's just uh, uh, you know it's just too bad he didn't get credit, you know, couldn't take credit for it because he was African American. Yeah. Now he died in '44, and uh, uh, an unnamed friend said, reflecting the general esteem, the town uh, quoted an unnamed friend as George Nichols, reflecting the general esteem among the town of Winfield. They liked him. If everyone was as good as George, we wouldn't need a police force. If everybody was as good a shot as George, you wouldn't need a police force. You just yeah. need George. But but the people understood that he he was actually uh, the hero of that of that event and the later event that you mentioned. Yeah, he was only buried a hundred yards away from yeah, the twig. That's interesting. If you look at there, you can go to find a grave. And on on the internet, and uh, there's a photo of his tombstone, and right next to it is twigs. They're yeah. very very next to each other. That's weird. Now, after the massacre, the reporters reported a palmist visited Twig's body. A palmist, not there yet you buried. Go. Have you ever went to a palm reader, Brandy? Sure. I went, to, I went to one. I mean, you know Carla, your, our friend Carla from the mm-hmm. page. We went to one. Me and her went to one on December thirtieth. I forget what year. We went to a palm reading. She read our palms, and she told us that we'd be going to a party. She saw us at a party. Did she? Yeah, this is the day before New Year's Eve. Oh, so... And you know what the sad part is? What? We never got invited to a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so she she had she was shooting fish in a barrel, and she still missed. Exactly. Have you ever had... No, seriously, Brandy, have you been to a palm reader before? Mm-hmm. What have you found, Did you find them accurate? She wasn't bad. Really? She wasn't bad. you got to be very careful. You know, don't give them anything. Right. Don't want to tip them off. But she's, I mean, she's... She was pretty good. She was pretty good. Well, I know you do all that Satan worshiping and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you've been to, like, you've went to, like, uh, where you come... Uh, is it pagan conventions or... She's gone to orgies. Well, I know that. I'm talking... No, I'm talking... No, I'm, not, I'm being serious here. What are they call when they're... Is it... You know, the witchcraft, when the, they come in and they have a little convention. Didn't you go tell me you went to one of those before? The Victory of Light thing, the psychic fair? Oh, a psychic fair. Yeah. How was that? That was fun. Yeah, okay. That was fun. Have you ever been to the Renaissance Festival? No. Have you ever had an out-of-body experience? No. Have you, Colonel? An out-of-body experience? Uh-huh. I have had, as close as I've had to a bo- out-of-body experience, I was uh, one time driving on the highway. Mm-hmm. And a truck, um, and the driver looked strangely like the devil, 18-wheeler, forced me off the road. It was pouring down rain. And I got into the grass in a little culvert between, and I was headed right toward oncoming traffic mm-hmm. the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a 275 interstate here. Mm-hmm. And as I was sliding across this grass and headed toward, uh, it, it seemed to me, that I was more beside the car watching what was going to happen. Like in slow motion? And my life did not pass in front of my eyes. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I thought was two things. I had two thoughts in this time period. Was that I hope somebody saw. I knew for some reason I was going to hit a van full of blind children and kill them all head on and mm-hmm. look like it was my fault. So I hoped very much that there were witnesses showing this this truck. What he did was turned left and didn't see me. Mm-hmm. And I was in the left-hand lane. Mm-hmm. So I hope very much that people saw that and would say it was the truck's fault, not mine. Did you survive? 
Um, the other thing that I thought was, this is really going to hurt mm-hmm. when I hit. This is really going to hurt. Well, I was able to keep my car under control and not go into the traffic, and I was able to stay in the culvert. Um, so you thread the needle. So I did thread that needle, but it was very strange, and it, it appeared to me that everything was happening in slow motion, and I was actually beside my car watching this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not say that was a paranormal experience. It was just it's, a strange experience. Yeah, it's, yeah you were it's, you had so much anxiety that your body just your mind decided to go somewhere else. Yeah. Now, right, I'm sorry. Go ahead and continue. Well, this palmist, mm-hmm. um, she read his palm and failed to find any indications of insanity. I just said Gilbert Clay. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. But that lines indicating extreme morbidness and a tendency to murder. Vengeance and violent death were plainly marked. Let me see a hand here, Devil. <laughs> well, isn't that kind of, uh, you know, uh, closing the barn door after <laughs> yeah, the horse after the ran out? <laughs> yeah. You're reading a um, dead man's palm. I mean, good Lord. Yeah, can I, would you still hold your hand out there, Devil? I want to see if you got the same lines. I don't think you want to see her hand. Because, I, I mean, okay, now you let's might see the palm just, of her hand before just, this podcast. <laughs> I probably will. Let's just take this completely out of context, Timmy. Uh-huh. I'm just going to say some words. We're going to do some free association uh, okay. here, okay? All right. And, uh, Is this with me or with Brandon? With you. And tell me <clears throat> what comes to mind. The first thing comes to mind after I say this. Uh-huh. Um, a tendency to murder. Brandy. Vengeance. Brandy. Okay. Morbidness, violent death. Brandy. Okay. Just, just checking. Okay. Really? Um, so anyway... Well, I mean that in the, you know, nicest possible, nicest possible way. There's no judgment. That was a scientific yeah. experiment. Yeah, I, I, I was word association. You know what? I was thinking a scientific experiment. So if I take this. <laughs> this being a pin. Yeah. So let's see how long it takes to pop the eardrum if you put it in the ear, in Chuck's ear. Okay. That would how go. much pressure it would take to Pop that right on through there. That will fall under the extreme morbidness. That we is just a scientific about. experiment. Well, it depends how much earwax. You'd have to have, you have to figure out it's the a earwax. scientific experiment. Right. Yeah, the earwax to inquire. It, it, it could it could in, yeah. it could it could impact it. Now, getting back to this lady, Jesse. Now, Jesse Hamilton, the woman who chose not to marry Gilbert, uh, was really the mess of this. And when you look at most problems, horrible things that have happened in the world. Uh huh. There's usually a woman behind it. Oh, you say, well, it wasn't her fault. She just didn't want to marry the no, guy. No, I'm going bl- <clears throat> to blame Jesse for this. Okay, what happened to Jesse? Sure, clearly um, it's her fault. She never spoke to the newspapers about the massacre. But she went on to be somewhat of a, has lived somewhat of an important life. Well, nor do we know what, if anything, she knew about the last terrible acts of her former fiancé. But as Hamilton had moved with her husband to Wichita after the wedding in August 1900, they still visited Winfield on occasion afterward. It's yeah. likely she did know and understandably did not want to discuss it. Instead, Hamilton thereafter, Miss Ernest Kramer, led Jesse an Kramer. exemplary life as a prostitute. No, that's not true. Okay, but it makes for a better story. No, she had, she had a very esteemed life. What did she do? She was a mother of five children. Mm-hmm. She was a soprano soloist with a church choir, which there was only six people in the church, probably, so anybody could have done that. And so active in the burgeoning suffragist movement. Jesus Christ, what are you doing to us here, Timmy? I'm telling burgeoning you. Burgeoning suffragist movement. <laughs> 
she, that she was honored in March 1917 for taking a prominent part in the work of establishing women's suffrage in Kansas, which don't you always think women's suffrage, that's women's freedom, but it sounds so much like women's suffering. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like men's suffering. <clears throat> it is men's suffering. And, you know, she's one of those women. In yeah, she was she's very active in the uh, women's uh, movement to vote. And I'm all for women having the right to vote. S- not the right to vote. I don't believe that huh. uh, because they're wasted. And owning property. Why shouldn't they own property? Uh-huh. You now don't think, think they should or they should? Well, I think they should not because, like, my house, uh-huh. okay? It's your castle. It's my castle, and I should be the king of that castle. And, uh, but, but somehow... Who owns, who owns your house? Who's paid for your house? Well... Who I mean who who's the breadwinner? I mean what, technically what, what uh, uh, technically the deed so, says Mrs. Colonel. Okay, so let's yeah. let, let's let's so, yeah. let's look at the numbers here. Uh, let's compare your salary to Renee's salary. <laughs> okay, there's no comparison. Three times as much, probably. Okay, continue, Colonel. That be it as it may, you wear the pants, and she's better um, Despite the uh, disparity in our earning potential. I'm sure you make it up in dong. I do make it up in servicing, Timmy. (laughs) Really? I have to work hard. He was going to say it. I got to work hard to keep that three times salary. Yeah. So, uh, and, and you would not believe the dirty things she makes me do to me. Yeah, like so roll over and leave her the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. But uh, now, four years later, Miss Jessie Kramer was the first woman juror to serve in a Wichita criminal case. Again, why are women on juries? Because you know they always. No, I mean she was make she was she was she, you know, she was kind of a big deal. She was kind of a big deal, and her sister. I don't think I put it in her Colonel, but her sister was the first woman to appear in a civil. Uh, serve as a juror in a civil no, trial. So they were litigious women. They were very litigious. They're, you know what? And th- this is why you end up with people like Nicola Reed. Why? Oh, yeah. You let women they, become they, litigious. They, they, they broke down barriers. Now, so thank then, goodness we got Nicola because she has kept yeah. me out of jail. Yes. So um, see, these were women who she uh, a great accomplishment. She will also keep me out of jail. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. remember that. Now, see, I got a little bit of problem because I got Shannon taking care of the money, and Shannon is a shady, shady woman. You know, just um, just leave some. Uh, notes about you speaking to the you know Satan or something before you do it so that you can get it'll music. make a good podcast yeah you know, criminal defense you get off on the insanity defense I will talk to my lawyer about okay. that continue Colonel um, now here's one thing that that was interesting because somebody said if the city about the shooting mm-hmm. um, if the city had been provided with electric lights. One man said to, to the Daily Free Press the morning after the mass shooting, the murderer would have five but two shots. The poorly lighted streets made the terrible deed possible. Yeah, this is 1903. I mean, uh, there were still, there were electricity. Some of the cities had, uh, on the East Coast, yeah. had, electrical, had lights. But I'm, but I'm, I'm believing it made, well, I guess you're just shooting into a crowd so it makes it easier, but... I mean, you can see the gun. I, I guess they, you if you ever shot a double barrel shotgun or a twelve gauge shotgun, you can see the flash. There's quite a flame that comes mm-hmm. out of that at the mm-hmm. end. Um, it's kind of like when the devil stares at you; the flames that come out of her eyes, come out of her eyes, or mm-hmm. coming out of her whatever, or whatever. Yeah. 
easy. <laughs> she had flames shooting out of her eyes or her whatever. Um, anyway, tourists still come every September to the annual Bluegrass Festival. Now, the coffee is excellent at College Hill Coffee. To me, you you got to... You got to deal on the side here. That, I don't know those, about. Some of those stores are still there. That's the point. Some of them are still there. Okay, yeah. I, I believe you're getting a little kickback here. but Now, close to Southwestern. Product Southwest placement. And, it's, <laughs> product placement it podcast. Yes. And Southwestern College is still Winfield's only institution of higher learning. That's sad. And the Winfield National Bank, now simply Corner Bank, remains at its perch on 9th and Main. Any yeah, trace of purse. bullet holes like in that? the window disappeared long ago, but they were around as late as 1927. That's, that's some slow work, man. That's like at my house. So gives bro. Yeah, I fixed that in 20 years, 24 years. Now, lack of electric lights is one of many what-ifs and easy scapegoats of the massacre on 9th and Main. More pressing ones concern Gilbert Twiggs' mental health. Was he increased in was his increased paranoid behavior not taken seriously enough? Because back in the day, back then, and even today, people just mark it off to someone walking around, and and you just kind of ignore him and get away from him. They come right. up to you and slobber on you or whatever. You just you know you just let it go. And you know a lot of it is to do with these people being deinstitutionalized. Insti- right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and that's a bigger problem. But when you have people, and, and I'll tell you the people that are scary. Uh, and, and let's do. Our f- listeners. Let's do. Well, yeah, they're scary as hell. Let's do another free association. Okay. Functionally insane. Uh, Brandy. There we go. Okay. So, anyway. I just said the first thing come to my mind. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, uh, the lack of electric lights. But anyway, it's, it wasn't taken seriously enough. Now, the vocabulary we have now to describe Gilbert's actions differs from the way witnesses and reporters described what happened in the hours, days, and weeks thereafter. Was like maniac in the minute and terrible shock of the tragedy were the newspaper's favorites back then because in 1903, America had little concept of someone plotting then carrying out a mass shooting. This is evidence Twiggs was not the first... There is evidence that Twiggs was not the first American massacre but the first of its particular nature. Yeah, it was the first one where for someone just randomly, for no reason, shooting up the town. Yeah. Like I said, today it's a common occurrence, but at the time, you just didn't see it. Now, the first known as Mountain Meadows Massacre was a coordinated series of attacks by members of the Utah Territorial Militia under a group of immigrants from four Arkansas counties. 120 people died, 17 under the age of 7 were spared. Yeah, but again, this is but a that political. Was, a that political. was a political thing, right. Yeah. Now, the later attack by Robert Charles in New Orleans stemmed from a false arrest of black men by racist police officers and launched protests in the city. So that was a racial thing. That was a racial. And still another took place on April 11, 1982, when Will Reynolds, a 35-year-old African-American, killed seven white men, including the sheriff and five deputies and in Tuscumbia, Alabama, in retaliation over an old warrant for his arrest. He yeah. shot the sheriff and the deputies. He fought the law, and the law lost. And in that case, I mean... Yeah. That's, and, and then, you know, the one that comes to mind is the Charles Whitman in Texas, the Texas Tower, uh, Texas yeah. University of Texas Tower <laughs> shooting. Uh, UNRWA from New Jersey, Camden, New Jersey, it went down, walked down Main Street and, sh- and shot people. And then... All of those situations, and those three anyway, they were former military 
But in UNRWA and in Whitman's case, in UNRWA, I think he served in, in, in conflict, but Whitman didn't. Whitman served stateside. But this guy sounds like, may have been like the first one who was suffering from post-traumatic stress and went off and yeah. shot a shot over. I mean, they didn't have the term then, but today, yeah, so to, today we would say he was probably suffering from post-traumatic stress. So the Winfield massacre... But he was kind of nuts before he went in the Army. I mean, he was obsessive-compulsive over that woman. Yeah. He was obsessive. Yeah. Although, again, maybe she had special skills that we do yeah. not know about. You know, turn I mean, the page. Go on the tender. Meet someone else. That's what they I'm did saying. not have the tender in the oh, really? list in that back uh-huh. page. Yeah. I don't even back page. Believe. They had back page in Colonel. I I believe you had to get on now. Lonely Hearts Club. They had party lines, Timmy. Oh, did they? They had party lines, yeah, and you could pick up the phone, code. and you never knew who you was going to get on that other yeah. line. And they might you pick it up at four in the morning. You might get somebody that's yeah. a little frisky too. Yeah. She probably got petticoats and not. I all think they had those tracking. phones where you had to crank them. Yeah, yeah, and then you had to call ask, Sarah, the operator. Had to ask Maggie. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Colonel. Anything else? Well, the Winfield massacre is seemingly indiscriminate in its choice of victims and all but forgotten outside of the town. Eerily foreshadows subsequent mass shootings so well known that we can name them by city. We got oh. San Ysidro, Killeen, Columbine, Tucson, Aurora, Sandy Hook, Santa Barbara, Roseburg, Orlando. Mm. I mean. Just name them off, there's a mass shooting there. Scores of innocent people arbitrarily dead because of the murderous actions of men, and they're almost always men. Women kill one at a time. You don't see many women doing that. No, and even women who are mass murderers, and there's some exceptions, but most of the women who are mass murderers, a lot of them poison people. They're poisoners. Yeah. And poisoners are the most deviant of all kids. And, I, they're not, and uh, you know, we don't do a lot of podcasts on them because it's just not creepy enough. I mean, it's creepy, but... They're not even know, interesting. Yeah, it's not as interesting as someone to go in and shoot up a, a, a town square. But, but all the, and you know, but it's you're right, they're been, more devious because they don't have to have that physical contact. All these men are all, you know, when we're All they have about, to do is, you know, set out their Pop-Tarts and just wait for the... Yeah. Wait for the uh, you know the guilty person. party to fall over. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Put a little Claritin in a pop tart, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, mm-hmm. next thing you know, dip you in Benadryl. Yeah, dip in Benadryl. Benadryl. Next thing you know, you got a riderless ostrich pulling a cart <laughs> down the street. <laughs> and uh, now, and then, and this is true. All these people, you know, when you go into these, you know, these cities I just named, mm-hmm. these are all people who have very, very peculiar uh, behavior. And, and, and not, not to get, you know, this is a show we try to stay away from politics right. and everything else. And and you know my feelings on gun control. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we should have very strict gun control, and I own a lot of guns. Mm-hmm. But the peculiar thing is when we focus on these things, these are people who, for the most part, all got guns legally. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we change the laws the way that they want, you know, they, they're saying to change them, these people would just still had the guns. Yeah, I mean, Even it's kind of like that, again, uh, uh, you're closing the barn door after the... Well, because because, because it, mental mean, health is so hard to... I mean, unless you get some, you have somebody that's committed against their will. But that's what we're lacking in this country is sufficient mental health. Yeah, but you're you're right in that it, it, you can't. How are you you know? It's sometimes it's hard to judge if someone is sane, and maybe they're sane when they buy the weapon, and then you know they have a breakdown at some point. And well, people become sane. I mean, people people who are 
people are, who are, you know, and, and I always look back at the Virginia Tech shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was, to me, that was one of the more horrific because he, he took a group and just lined them up against Wall, shot them with a pistol. And what was the most deadly, uh, the most deadly shooting in history in the U.S.? Um, the most deadly shooting in the history of the U.S. And I, I know this one. Um, I, I'll get. I'll tell you. Cause okay. Orlando. Yeah. Orlando was. And and that was a guy who was clearly had, but he was a guy who also. Had you taken that, and, and this is where it becomes problematic, because had you stopped that man right there mm-hmm. and said, I believe this man's insane, mm-hmm. to really deprive him of his right to to bear arms under the mm-hmm. Second Amendment, you would have to go to a court and have him deemed unfit, you know, mm-hmm. deemed unstable, deemed whatever, which is a very, very difficult thing to do. I agree, but, but I, 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 I but I do think if you're on a, a no-fly list, yeah, no, I agree with you. If you're a, ter- if um, you're a suspected terrorist, you shouldn't but, have no access. No, you to shouldn't have access. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, is that there are people that know that there's something wrong with. Well, them. and I think that's what we're saying about this yeah, guy. I mean, yeah, there was clues. There are people. Well, no, but there are people that they know there's something wrong. Like you know, Chuck, that there is something wrong with you. Yeah. You know that. You should not have a gun. So, no, but so you, you know, you fortunately, both of us, all of us, have the insurance that we can go somewhere and get help. Yeah. You're not sleeping. You're seeing things. You're hearing voices. You can go somewhere and get help. You're drooling on yourself. Yeah. You're peeing your pants. You have that capability. You're shiting. Mental health in this country is atrocious. Yeah, it's especially awful. if you don't. You know, and they and don't have, people don't, insurance doesn't cover the way they're supposed to. And a lot of times to get their meds, I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of times to get their meds, you have to, they have to go to jail. You have to go to jail. That's well, and, you know, what's, what's, what I think about the most is, you know, we work, we work for the government. And I don't know if your benefits are from the My benefits are from my husband. But, but, but they're government, still government benefits. benefits. Yeah. So we have. And when you say government benefits, your husband works for the government. Yeah. Yes. So we have better benefits than most. Mm-hmm. Um, We're and, fortunate. You know, I'm very fortunate, fortunate in that mine will allow for, if I needed it, up to 26 visits to a therapist a year. Mm-hmm. And most people have these limits that even if you have good insurance, it has limits that mm-hmm. you can see a therapist six or seven times a year. And that's why so many people are on medications, because it's easier to put people on medication than it is, you know, you can get that pass. You can go to your, your GP right. and get medication all the time. But often medication ain't going to solve the problem. No. And what, well, not by itself. You need both. You need so both. And, and many times you need hospitalization. Mm-hmm. And you need... but. But we are in a different class because we work for the government. We have very good benefits. That's allow. That's available to so few. Oh, I know. No, so absolutely. Few. And uh, and and when you talk about people that don't have jobs, you're talking about people that you know. And you take people like ourselves who who have all have our own little quirks. Let's say we don't have jobs. The pressure starts to get to us. Our mental health is going to deteriorate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I'm not saying I'm going to take up arms against people, but it, but the the 
but I mean, it's hard to know how it's hard to know how you react because you don't know. You know, right. I would I hate to think that I would have hurt anyone. I don't think I would, but you know, uh, he probably never thought that either. You well, know what but I, mean? I mean, like you know, think about it. Even if Anthem, a lot of places won't take Anthem anymore because Anthem doesn't pay. Anthem doesn't pay out mm-hmm. yeah. for mental health, so a lot of places don't take Anthem. Well, half the friggin' country has Anthem insurance. Yeah, Blue Cross and Blue Shield and right. whatever else. It takes forever, especially if you're a child. It takes forever to find somebody that you can get into that's on your insurance, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's rough. It's hard. It's a hard thing well, to do. And that's one and thing that our country lacks. Is, it is something that we lack, and I think we all agree that more needs to be done with mental health. Well, I think with mental health, and, and I think health care in general, health care in general is, and again, not to get too political, but... Healthcare in general should not be a profit and loss issue. Well, here, here's the thing, and, it, and it, you know, uh, you talk about providing and making sure everyone has health care, and I know people are, are, you know, there's people on both sides of that argument. But the thing is, it's a small world, and if someone gets sick, and if they get sick because they don't have uh, access to health care, and you get some pandemic, we're all at risk. So... It's in all of our interests that we have a healthy community that we live in. Well, and you know, as being the founder of the First Church of the Latter-day Colonel. Yeah, the soul is important, too. Well, no, I, we believe that we are a brother's keeper, Timmy, mm-hmm. and that what we have shall be shared amongst, well, actually what you have should be shared to us. Right. And then we will divvy it out as right. we see fit. Um, it's mostly, a trickle-down kind of book. Yeah, mostly for cause and shows for me up. and Shannon and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, but no, I think that... I, I do think I think that if there's one thing, if I was emperor, mm-hmm. if I could change anything... I would be When scared. you're talking about true... To me, when you're talking about true evil in this country, mm-hmm. it's insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Because they have... You know, when when they were talking about well, look at the guy that the guy that had the uh, what the uh, uh, the medicine that for AIDS patient to the yeah. pill that jacked it up to seven hundred fifty dollars a pill right. or something. Yeah, he's getting his. and and yeah, you know I mean, that, all, that is something that is that should be illegal. I mean, what that, always got me with with, uh, with when with the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare was that you did not hear insurance companies screaming about this. Yeah, because they knew they were going to have a whole pool of customers that they never had before. Yeah, and they can just deny, you know, I use, it's funny because I use a med- medicine for nothing serious. It's just occasional bouts of psoriasis. A, a, a two-ounce bottle of this medica- medication, to me, it's a liquid, mm-hmm. $600. Then my insurance company decided, fuck it, we ain't paying for it anymore. Now, they gave me an alternative that does not work as well, but works, you know. Okay, big deal. But here's the thing. What if I had cancer? Yeah, they do mm-hmm. that all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Or what if you were diabetic and needed yeah, insulin? Yeah, and people talk about death panels, and they don't understand that we have death panels now. They're called They're insurance. called insurance companies. Exactly. Okay, uh, Brandy, your final thoughts on Gilbert Twig. No, I don't have any final thoughts on Gilbert Twig. He was crazy. He yeah, was just, he was crazy. I don't, yeah, I don't understand those things. That was a sad occurrence, I think. It really was. It was possibly preventable. I would, my final thought is I'd like to see still see the devil's palm. Okay. 
Uh, Brandy, where can people find us? Find us on Facebook. Yeah, we have two Facebook pages. We have History Dweebs, in which uh, we update some kind of historical stuff. Uh, and then we have History Dweebs, the podcast, which is a really a- inter- interactive page. It's a lot of fun, and we would love for you to join us if you're not already there. And for all those people who are already on History Dweebs, the podcast page, hi, and we're glad you're listening, and we, we really appreciate your comments and your uh, participation on the page. It makes it a lot of fun for all of us. And where else can they find Twitter. Twitter at History Dreams 1. Uh, let's see, not Instagram. Stitcher. Stitcher. Libsyn. We got two new iTunes reviews that we want to say. The we, iTunes? Yeah, we got two new positive reviews because we had, last time we had mentioned we had got some bad reviews, and we got two positive ones. Uh, that uh, one called us Dweeb Fantastic, and the other one says that we give them post podcast laughs. So, um, thank you both uh, for those uh, five stars each. We really appreciate it because we do check the reviews every day, and we appreciate it. You know, sometimes sometimes it's discouraging when people say we suck and you know uh, they hate us, and you know, especially the Colonel because he has a very um, uh, he, he, you know, he doesn't take criticism well, Brandy. I know. He's no, very, it's not he's that very I don't fragile. take criticism well. I, I like constructive criticism, but when you write something like awful, you suck. You're probably banging your sister. <laughs> That's probably, you're probably from some kind of, you probably just got on the internet. You got an AOL account, probably. Mm-hmm. You, you got a, yeah. a dial up. You, yeah, you, you. You're just stupid. I mean, if you want <laughs> but, to, so I have a little bit of respect for the guy who call, who called me a drunken Elma Fudd. Yeah. Okay. That was that, pretty. I was spot on. It was a accurate. Bit of work into that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you just say awful, yeah. horrible. These guys aren't funny. Well, first of all, there's a woman here, so show a little respect and mention a woman. Yeah. And I'm funny. Well, maybe he meant you guys weren't funny. Oh, but man, I'm funny. that might be true. That might <laughs> yeah, be true. I'm funny. Okay, so thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time on History Dweeb. Good day, listeners. Bye bye. Bye, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.